everybody. Welcome back to Late to the Party with Travis Tate, a comedy-ish panel discussion with two guys who are just talking about all the stuff we should have gotten around to. I am Jake Dahl. With me is the titular co... Well, you're not a co-host. You are the man. Ooh, it's me, Travis Tate. What's up, everybody? Uh, hello. And, uh, I don't know. What do, you, what do you got for us today, Travis? Oh, just so many things. So many things that... I, I don't know if we will be able to contain it all in just just a recording. You're fit to pop. Fit to pop. I like that. Sounds like a 80s song. <laughs> I think it was... No, it, was a, it was a Richard Simmons cassette, I think. Fit to pop? Yeah. Fit to pop and through the 80s. Come on, everybody. Get oldies. fit to pop. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, not up on my, I'm not up on my Richard Simmons lore. I, uh, I, don't know, I heard an interview with him recently. Oh really? I don't think he's a real person. There was a podcast about how he disappeared and yeah, like from, the whole. I didn't. I didn't listen to that theory. I, I think that I came didn't off either. Is the people who were doing it were invasive in a bad way? Yeah, I mean, if he wants to be left alone, leave the he, poor guy alone. I, I think it was on. You made it weird. I might have heard him. He was. It just came off as. I think there is a person who Richard Simmons is, and I think Richard Simmons might be the only person who ever actually gets to see that, and the rest of it is just him pl- playing, you know, a caricature that is partially him, but every time <laughs> someone gets close to, you know, a straight answer from him, he just uh, like, starts singing a song and shouting about, and they never I've quite always, get there. I've always had a theory that, and I've never seen him in the same place at the same time, the Richard Simmons and Polly Shore might actually be the same person. Richard Simmons and Polly Shore? Yeah. I think he's um, uh, Dragon Ball Z, like Richard Simmons and uh, <laughs> Fred Schneider do the little uh, fusion thing. Yeah, what is that called? My son brought that up to me. He's like, Dad, you you just don't say uh, so-and-so looks like so-and-so and so-and-so had a baby. No, there's a there's a term for it, a Dragon Ball Z term. I don't... But I can't remember what, what it is now. I understand, I am not... I, I'm probably... My my Dragon Ball Z knowledge comes from watching it on Toonami in the <laughs> early two thousands, maybe. Sounds like, right. Me and me and uh, like Larry Brumley that we used to work with. Larry Brumley. We would go home and watch Toonami. We'd just get off in the afternoons. We'd go home and watch like an episode of Dragon Ball Z on Toonami and come in and talk about how goofy Dragon Ball Z is. So I have up to I want to say like the Cell Games knowledge on that, and then beyond that, I it's all like. <laughs> it's just like nerd magnetism. Things in the universe just kind of come to me like, hey, there's this thing called Majin Buu. He's a pink thing. And then the, the whole fusion thing. I know I know there is a fusion thing where you do a weird dance where you tippy-tippy-tippy-tippy-toe and then fingers together and you become a merged thing. Hmm. But I think there's also like special earrings that if if one person wears one earring and another person wears the other earring that they can also fuse. That seems very strange. I think uh, it's Gotenks, which is Goten and tr- like Young Trunks fu- fusion. This has gone way and deeper I than I ever uh, wanted to go. Boy, yeah, Dragon Ball Z. Dragon. Uh, I Gabe and I went to see the My Hero Academia movie Two Heroes last night, which oh, yeah? was a pretty interesting thing to go see a limited engagement anime movie. But uh, when it was over and we were on the ride home, I started explaining to Gabe that My Hero Academia is basically Dragon Ball Z when you boil it down. And <laughs> he kind of sighed at the end. Although, although the My Hero Academia movie is actually anime diehard. But that's, that's a tale for another day. I've never even heard of it. It's a, it's a fun show. It's just basically superhero high school. 
Oh, okay. It's a fun. I I, I haven't watched a ton of it. But sky get, High. Get, yeah, yeah. It is kind of Sky High. That was a fun movie. Gabe Gabe really likes it, and I've watched a little bit of it, but uh, there they have a limited engagement, like hour and a half long movie that was playing in theaters for three days and a know, fathom event. Yeah, yeah. It was a fathom <laughs> event. A fathom event. We had all the trailers in front. Like, hey, maybe we should go watch My Neighbor Totoro in theaters. I got a couple quick little stories about uh, our buddy Larry that you just mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it was him, but it might have been somebody else that told me that they would, whenever they bought a CD, they would copy it, and they had a closet full of copied CDs, and, or actually, the closet was full of the original CDs, and their their car and their living room was full of copied CDs. That way, they'd always have mint condition original, but they would use the copied On one to... CDs. Yeah, it might have been somebody else, but I do know for I sure... I how that's working out for him. I do know... Age. I do know for sure this was Larry. At the beginning of uh, digital recorders, he had this little digital recorder. And that this is back when it was like, I don't know, one and a half by one and a half inches. <laughs> you could record and then rewatch it back on that same device. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, okay. And he, uh, he snuck one of those into a, a strip club. Oh, God. For for later consumption, I said, I said, and his got last caught name on this. Got caught and got thrown out. <laughs> let's, let's say that that was some unnamed assailant. We can say that, but Larry knows the truth. No, I. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> back to uh, so we we got there we got there via Richard Simmons fusion with. Uh, the Polly Shore. Shore Fred Schneider yeah. fusion is Richard Simmons. Could be. I mean, I've always, I mean, I, whenever I see Polly Shore in person, I always think there's a little Richard Simmons you, there. Oh yeah, you do. You do see Polly Shore in person with some regularity. At least once a year. Oh, no wheezing. The <laughs> he's all right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but I'm a. I'm also a dude that's twice his size. <laughs> Have you ever considered wrestling Polly Shore? No. No. I. I mean. Why? Know, just It'd be like sitting on a bus station toilet seat I, without I bet a. Make some really fun noises. Probably. How many? Hey, buddy, what are you doing? You've 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 opened for a lot of. You've done comedy with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. How yes, many sir. of those people do you think could take you in a wrestle? I'm thinking right now. You you opened up for John Lovitz. John Lovitz, I imagine, at least current in his. John character. Lovitz. He's uh he's. He's a he's an aged gentleman, so no, he's actually in pretty good, pretty decent shape. Oh, for a guy, he's like 60, 61, somewhere in there. He he, he looks a lot like might, he did. Might break out a sweat wrestling him then. No, no, are you kidding? No, I'm trying to but think. He's got of, some Fuji powder in his trunks or something like that. He might, yeah. He seems like that guy. He's got a very dry sense of humor. Yeah. I I liked him actually. That's good. He was like the the second day he came in and he's like. Travis Tate. <laughs> and I was like, hey, John. He goes, I want you to know you're the first opener I've ever had whose name I remembered. Well, the high praise. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm honored, John. He's like, you should be. <laughs> he's got a dry sense of, like, he told me the first night, he's like, Did are you clean? Kind of go up to the top and then bring it down. Yeah. Yeah. Every single time. Usually. Oh, okay. He's like, I like my openers to be clean. Are you going to be clean? I was like, yeah, no problem. I can do that. 
He's like, good. Are you going to be funny? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm funny. He's like, but not too funny. I'm the star here. <laughs> okay, okay, Goldilocks of comedy. What are you... <laughs> no, he was just messing around. He was, he was fun. Yeah. I enjoyed being on his shows. Did he end up being clean? No, no not at all. Okay, no, well, no, 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 no. I, you know, there. Are you... I mean, there's a lot of comics out there that want the openers to be clean, and then they're not. That's that's just part of the just gig. They... Doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, sure. If somebody wants me to be clean, I'm the, perfectly fine some with that. Some of the some of the inner machinations and mathematics of comedy are, you know, kind of endlessly fascinating to me, and that being one of them. That I think I have heard that before of guys who are filthy would like a clean opener, and well, I, don't if, know, I guess you don't want the you don't want the. I do. Okay, I guess here's a question: Did he just you know hit the ground running dirty, or was there kind of a build to it? Is it a matter of like he doesn't want you to be dirty because he wants the crowd kind of at a more of a, a level one so that he can build up to that? He doesn't have to. I think he pretty much hit the ground running, pretty consistent <laughs> with what the the show is going to be. Wow. Which is you know whatever. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't bother me to be clean for somebody. Well, I mean you 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 are it gets not me, really it, it gets me spots really that other people can't do sometimes all the way around. So right. Yeah. That's not a... But he was he was a good dude. Uh, he was cool to hang out with. I'm trying to think of somebody that I've opened for that could beat me in a fight. I'm trying to think of big guys. I'm trying to think of any comedians that could beat <laughs> me in a fight. Joe Rogan would because, <clears throat> I mean, he works out like a monster. A physical monster. And he, I don't know, what if he, what if he he's studies crazy, MMA and stuff like crazy that. crazy weeded up, though. You think you could maybe get a shot in on him if oh, he was super big? Uh, shot in on him? I mean, I've got the length, but... I would probably just piss him off, <laughs> and I'd get hurt worse. I think Joe Rogan would probably mess me up pretty good. I'm I'm realistic. I'm trying to think of somebody else. I don't know. Rob Schneider. No. Kind of Wiley. No. I'm gonna Tom, say Tom Green. Uh, I mean, he's, I mean, he's a little put, taller you'd than you'd me. You'd have to put your hands or like Screech. You'd have to put your hands on him. Are yeah. you willing to do that or just like? No, nah, Tom Green isn't gross or anything like that. Uh, he's I mean, Screech. Oh, Screech. Screech is disgusting. I've never met him in person, but just the stories I've heard about him are he's a he's a gross person. Is he is he still allowed to be a wise guys or I mean, I don't know that he necessarily sold when he was here, so I don't know. It's anybody's welcome if they'll sell a ticket. Yeah. It, yeah. at any venue I think like there are that. a few guys that go there who aren't aren't necessarily all that good, but they're a big draw, so what are you yeah, gonna do? We'll we'll leave them nameless. Oh man. You can figure it I'm out when you go to the show. <laughs> Mark Marin. Yeah. You need to step up. Your sales are yeah. weak, Mark. Tom Segura. What the F indeed. <laughs> My wife and I have had a bit of a controversy this week because uh, I don't know if you listened to your mom's house with Tom Segura and Christina P. No, no, I do not. So uh, <laughs> they had a discussion. Tom asked her if, if she was ride or die. If she was a ride or die wife. Basically, <laughs> like, if if he committed in for whatever, well, yeah, like if he committed murder, would she help oh. him uh, bury the body? Well, I mean, and she's like, well, it depends on the scenario, and he's like, what if the barista got my order wrong? <laughs> Seems a bit much. So she said no, yeah. and he's been going on about she's not a ride or die wife. So, <laughs> so I asked my wife if she was a she's ride or die wife, and she's like, no, not at all. <laughs> no, I would, no scenario. You ride no or die, scenario. You ride or die husband. Uh, probably, yeah. Like, if she, if she honey, could, I, murdered I, somebody. Honey, I kill the man. Like, what's it over? Like, he did that thing with the toilet paper where it was under instead of over. You'd, you'd still help her out with that one? Probably. It depends on the person. Yeah? Yeah. I don't see a problem with it. I mean, it's just murder. It's not like it's against the law or anything. Just a, just a wee murder? Is it against the law? 
Is it against the law? Murder? I mean, there are. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's probably. I, mean, I can. I can honestly, get into some. I can get into some chat about if you're a police knocking down someone's door to an apartment you don't go into. Seemingly, murder can be legal-ish if the person happened to have marijuana in their apartment that you found after <laughs> the fact. Maybe. I'm just saying. It's probably statistically more likely that I could get a Netflix show because I committed murders than because I do stand up. Or, or so, a podcast devoted to you. Yeah. So, I mean, it might be a good career move. I got two speaking to, speaking of on that one. I got uh, Speaking of one, Serial came back. And it's actually been pretty good. Is it? Uh, this season, rather than focus on a particular case, uh, Sarah Koenig has gone to a courthouse in... I believe it was Cincinnati, and she's just going to have each episode is uh, is a different, uh, not necessarily, it's just a different focus. Um, the first one was a woman who had been in a bar fight, a very unfortunate bar fight. They all are. Uh, this one was pretty unfortunate. She was getting harassed at a bar and uh, kind of tried to tell a gentleman, please don't harass me. And a, another female bar patron came to have a discussion with her about it that resulted in a fight of everyone in the bar. <laughs> Taking her Wow. This so wouldn't have happened if Swayze was still around. Uh, it'd be cool, man. Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Uh, <laughs> R.I.P. Patrick Swayze. Such a lovely man. But uh, she ended Nobody up... Nobody puts baby in the corner. Indeed. Um, she, uh, a police officer breaking up while she was kind of flailing around, hit the cop, and just... She went through a rigmarole. That, the first episode's that. The second episode is just this... Uh, so there was no death? It was just a bar fight? No. No, no death in it. No death in either of the episodes. I, I don't know. They, they've bounced around a few cases. The focus, the focus was just on this bar fight. There was no death. The second one, the focus was on this judge who's very preachy, like gets really mad at people because they got kids out of wedlock and stuff. But it's this sounds like my Facebook feed yeah. so far. Yeah, just people talking about <laughs> uh, bar fights and the, judging. You know, it's funny you should mention that because the <laughs> episode they had a preview about was about someone who was in court because uh, I guess she really knows who her friends are. But there's nothing else to it than that. Well, all right. So I guess it really is like everybody's Facebook wall. <laughs> Way to go, Serial. Good job. Yeah. No, I've, I've, I've been enjoying it. I've been enjoying that. And then also... I've I never listened to a single episode. The first, season, the first season's very good. The second season is not that great. And I, I don't like crime stuff. You know, I, uh, I, can, I go up and down on it. I, I, get, I get full. I get full on, you know, at some point the drama of it gets to be like, oh, this is bumming me out. Which is why I um, listen to my my favorite murder. I listen to consistently. I would listen to my favorite mur- murder if every murder was somebody that talked during a stand up show. <laughs> like my my daughter was playing Black Ops and she she had killed like I don't know seven hundred people or something in this game and I was like seems likely. Well, the, maybe there really is something to these games being too violent. And she said, "Don't worry, Dad." They all talk during a stand-up show. And I was like, all right, carry on. <laughs> she, knew, she clearly knows her audience. Yep. Now, My Favorite Murder is fun because it is, every every few episodes they get, they fall upon a very dark case that can be very, there have been a few of my just straight turned off. It's like, no, this is too tragic. This is, mm. you know, butchered children and stuff like that. They, a lot, they're middle episodes where they do uh, have listeners sending in, usually it's, relatively funny stuff there stories about how they avoided crime things like that i like karen kilgariff a lot so i'm glad they're very funny i'm glad she's doing well i've always thought she was funny uh, 
Georgia Georgia Hardstark. I honestly don't know much I, about her. I'm I should know better, but yeah, that's one that I listen to pretty consistently. And then the other thing is, I did see a trailer. Uh, Netflix Making a Murderer season two is coming, which I saw somebody post about that. Yeah, I'm, I never watched the first one. That is a really fascinating. I feel show like I've well. absorbed enough just from listening to other people talk about it that I don't actually need to see it. It just seems it's a it's a little strange because. I guess, you know, hey, it's a documentary, so it's got its own slant. Oh, yeah, they all and do. And I've heard some stuff to the effect of the the guy definitely did it. But Did you know that juicing will make you live forever? That's what I've learned from documentaries. Huh. <laughs> you will never die if you juice. Wow. It's true. I'm going to go watch a bunch of, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go watch the Naked Gun movies over and over again. Yep. OJ, juice. But uh, Nordberg. No, just the the long and the short of it is making a murder, whether or not you think that dude did it, the level of railroading he was put through is fascinating. Hmm. So, up to our noses in murder. Murder. So, why don't you kill it with something else that you'd like to talk about today? All right, let's bring up, I just finished uh, season 13 of Supernatural. That is amazing. I got a little behind. They, of course, they add they add them what like the day after the season ends now on Netflix. Do so, they really? So I had all summer to get to get caught up. Wow. And honestly, one of my favorite seasons. Last season, season you, twelve was just okay. You you've told me so. What you've told me about the series is season five appears to be a spot where they seemed like they wanted to end the show. Yeah, I mean, originally, and it really, yeah. it really hit and a high, I, a high crescendo. And that's, I think, it, and maybe I'm wrong. The impression that I've gotten from you is, um, season five is kind of, the, is season five your favorite? Is that kind of? It's the, one of the my favorite. Bar? Yeah, yeah. Or do you? I mean, I guess, and maybe there's a differentiation to make between what do you think the high bar of the series is and what is the actual favorite? Like, well, this, I wouldn't. For me, watching Angel, I wouldn't say Puppet Angel is the highest bar of the show, but it's definitely like like that season when they're at the law firm is my favorite of that show. Yeah. I don't know if you would call that the high bar. Of well, this the this season show. had a Scooby-Doo episode, which is kind of like the Puppet Angel episode. It's just kind of a fun. Like not not necessarily the high bar for the show, but a really fun one. It was fun. It was it was a really cool. good episode. I enjoyed it. And uh but it kind of took me back a little bit to like season 5 when you start getting like angels and demons showing up and it really went like angel heavy on the on this season lucifer because mark pellegrino plays lucifer and who he's where, really where fun. i know mark pellegrino. uh you would know him from uh he was on lost you know the what was it what was the two brothers the the one in the white shirt and the one in the black shirt okay well if you don't know lost the the last one. season of lost I can't even remember the character's name at this point. If only I had an electronic point, device where, by which I could... I want to say it's Marvel like Michael or Adam. It was like a biblical name or something like that. I can't remember. Somebody out there is yelling it right now saying I'm never going to listen to this podcast no, again. Not, but not to worry. This isn't the Lost oh, wow. Podcast. Oh, yeah, that is a blast from the past. I haven't seen that. That's like kind of squishy Viggo Mortensen. Yeah, but he's funny. No, Viggo Mort- I Mortensen, I don't know how much personality he actually has. I think Strider's probably as wacky as he gets. Yeah, you ever seen uh, Aragorn? You ever seen Eastern Promises? No, but I've I've seen parts I've seen, of it. I've seen. Yeah, it's, <laughs> wait, have you seen the part I was just? No, like, no, I haven't seen. On? I haven't seen the private part of it. <laughs> I haven't seen Vigo seen or the, his Mortensen. I've seen the undercarriage. I like. I, I, I really <laughs> like that movie. I like Eastern Promises a lot. But anyway, that's so. Pardon me. How that? How that? Supernatural. 
it was good. I like the way it ended. Yeah. It it sets up season fourteen if it actually does end in season fourteen, which I mean they're saying it is, but I don't know. They're saying. Oh, did you say they say they're ending it at season fourteen? Yeah, I think that was the original idea. Fourteen but is a lot of seasons. So I know, but they've been able to reinvent themselves. It's a different show the, than it was the when it first stuff, Do you get the impression that any of them kind of want to be done? Do they no. seem tired? I mean, of it? Or do they still seem pretty. Into I think it? if they both collectively, I think they both any, still any enjoy Evans doing it. They really enjoy doing it. Uh, they enjoy each other. So I think it's something they like to do. Obviously, it's not something they can do forever. Yeah. But this is Hollywood, man. I mean... Those guys get work outside of that show? Not really. I always wonder about things like that when a show has been on for that long and the the mains in it really don't do anything outside of that show or don't really do anything after anything. Like, if they were able to keep that... There's got to be situations... Going for 14 years, you would think that they could land something. Oh, I'm sure they could. In fact, I, I was about to say they've probably turned some things down. But obviously, if if yeah. if they were offered something in a Marvel movie, you'd think they would take it. But I'm sure they've been offered so. other things, and like, no, I like what I'm doing. So, so I'm I'm still hovering toward the end of the first season of uh, Supernatural. Ah, you still? Slow. I'm really slow. No, you get to enjoy the ride. Yeah, yeah, I will. It, I'm enjoying the show. It's a you know, forty five anything with forty five minute episodes starts getting really hard because then it means like if I on, on just a regular weeknight if I have time to myself it means I can basically put in an episode if I want and then if you have something if you have something with that big of a catalog it's like if I if for me to binge Supernatural would take months oh yeah of, of just straight watching yeah it's just that something way. that you throw on once in a oh, while yeah, and it's it's cool to go back to. There. Cindy and Gabe like watching it a lot, so it's a good family one for us. It's like a Star Trek The Next Generation or something. You can yeah. always yeah. just throw one on yeah. and enjoy it. Just have it in the background. Watch the one where Riker goes and trains the Klingons over and over again. <laughs> have you gotten to the uh, the Scarecrow episode? Yes. Yes, we did watch the Scarecrow episode. So you saw the end with the with the girl demon? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we that's where introduced to her. That's where it, the lore really starts to kick in is that, that episode. Yeah, I got that sense of it. When she slits the trucker's throat yeah. and does the phone call through the goblet. Just You're it, like, oh, this is different that's now. A, I, and I will say, I will say Supernatural um, trick me a little bit. I, have a, I generally have a pretty good radar for these shows. I'm like, oh, this is the character that's supposed to be here for a while. Mm-hmm. And Supernatural has had a, a lot of really good character actors in it, so I've been fooled by. Oh yeah, it, it took a few it, it took a few episodes for me to go. Oh, you know these are character character actor heavy stuff. But her like it did stand like they seem like they're setting her up that she's gonna she's gonna be here for a while. Yeah, she's there for a while, and then she ends up getting that character gets played by uh, Jared Padalecki. Is it Jared Padalecki, the tall one? Yeah, Jared Padalecki's wife. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So. They get they get down and dirty in a few episodes. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to that. But it's okay. It's married stuff. <laughs> They're married. <laughs> it's true love. Like, I wish you look as the Lord. I I wish you wouldn't do it where people could film it. But I guess if you have to, <laughs> I mean, they I don't show that stuff. You guys it's, made it official. It's the CW. The C and CW does not stand for a naughty thing for explicit content. Right. So Travis. Yes, Jake. We're ignoring the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room. Or should I say, the primate in the room. The primate in the room. We watched. Oh, yeah. I was I was scanning Hulu 
And I didn't think this was going to be there for a while. I didn't either. I was surprised. I was scanning Hulu and saw that Monkey King 3 was on Hulu and immediately texted you in bold font, (laughs) Monkey King 3 is on Netflix. Wu-Kang is back. No, you're thinking of the Wu-Tang. It's Wu-Kong. Wu-Kong. Okay, yeah. I just call him um, Monkey King. So I immediately started I read his name 87,000 times in that movie. You know, that's the thing, though. I couldn't tell you. It's uh, Beiji, I think, is the pig. Yeah. And I can't remember the other two guys. Yeah, the, the blue, blue guy. guy and Monk. Master, I, I, no, I honestly. We, please do not get ahead of ourselves. I, I thought, I, I thought I'm never gonna forget how to say master in Mandarin, but I forgot. Shifu, <laughs> Shifu. No, uh, so I, I immediately started it, and then immediately stopped realizing like I can't watch this without Gabe. So the next <laughs> night we settled in, and uh, the first a. About half to maybe two thirds of that movie was everything I wanted it to be. <laughs> uh, opening with a great riverboat chase where I still don't know what happened to that horse. I know that's what I kept thinking the whole. Ro- I was like, "Where's the horse?" Because the the last time I remembered seeing it, it's falling down a mountain, yeah. and they all fall. They all, but they're like they have special powers, so they can survive it. What happened to the I horse? Where they did. And then you don't see the horse, the horse again for two end? hours. Yeah. Okay. When they left, the horse was horse there again. Fine. Yeah, they even mentioned a stallion, but you didn't see it. There was a. Uh, I was worried about the horse. The horse was in its trailer the whole time. They had to just make do. A horse trailer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, lots of great goofy hijinks, culminating in the execution scene. <laughs> Oh, Gabe yeah. and I were doubled yeah. over during the execution scene where, uh, so Wukong, Blue I still Dude, don't know how the pig survived that scene. I, I think it's just come to find out they're immortal. Yeah, I guess. Because <laughs> even when he got shot outside of the monk, none of them seemed particularly nonplussed. But the, the comedy of it was, so I guess they seemed to be wax arrows. They'd set up right. wax arrows yeah. so that, that none of them died. And then each of them had to pretend and... Uh, Wukong pretending to die. Gabe and I were just dying at that that performance. <laughs> so I, you know, if if you got Hulu, Monkey King three. First of all, don't 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 start there. Go to Monkey King two. Watch Monkey King two. Monkey King one, perfectly fine. But it is. I feel like Monkey King one is definitely a whole different. Monster. Monkey King one is like even crazier because that is like super lore they go to heaven they go to hell they go to uh, we, we, everywhere I mean, in between we talked about i think i figured out is monkey king one takes itself more seriously oh yeah for sure so it, it's like definitely more uh, like it's more about the scale. monkey king than these movies though it, well these movies aren't really about wukong they're that, more about the monk than anything else dang monk wukong's just kind of there so that was the pro- that was the problem is the movie Halfway through becomes religious propaganda about the monk where, you know, he because I mean, as soon as I knew the the premise, the premise is they go to an island of all women. I'm like, oh, so the monk's going to fall in love with one of them. And that happens. But then it's, oh, pretty quickly. too. What about my religious journey versus I'm in love with this girl and uh, in true form. If you're watching it in Utah, it's like a missionary meeting a girl while he's on his mission. (laughs) <laughs> that's uh comedy <laughs> now it that it, it gets real weird in the middle and then it becomes really serious 
it's a it it it's it gets weird when uh everybody but wukong all the all the males but wukong get pregnant yeah, because they ingest water accidentally they ingest pregnancy water and they're instantly pregnant and they instantly have mood swings and was there anything creepier than blue dude without a beard no that was weird yeah it was it was it was creepy it was unsettling yeah left a bad taste in my mouth it was it looked like smooth. a it looked like a blue ninja turtle without yeah. without a Ooh. mask or something it was it was weird it was wrong <laughs> which is weird cuz that is a weird it didn't thing. even look like the same actor but yeah like it even like it was still madcap but the the whole concept of them getting pregnant and then and then Wukong has to go to, to go the the miscarriage the miscarriage queen yeah to cry and uh. they get mis- miscarriage water and drink it and it's very uh, it's disturbing but then but then after that it becomes this weird kind of, it weirds, it becomes religious propaganda where it's <laughs> this scene of a man writing scriptures in the dirt with this woman who's helping him do it to try to support him. And they're walking, walking backward while they write Over and a singing. tune that's all about like, If I love if her, I love what her, do I tell I Buddha? And what will Buddha think? If I end, love him, can he go with me? I mean, I got, I got, it was to, very give it up weird. That, I got to give it up to him that the, you know, you would think love conquers all, but no, apparently Buddha is way better than love. Well, yeah. I mean... <laughs> We don't know. We're not Buddhist. So Monkey King 3, jump on it. Won't blame me if you pull the ripcord after the abortion. There's still some cool stuff after, like the the fight with the big bad thing is kind of cool. Yeah. I did think they stayed underwater way too long after Buddha came and saved everybody. I mean... And they stayed underwater for like 10 minutes. You got monkey gods and stuff like that. You you don't get mad at a little, little inconsistency like that. I guess I, you know, honestly, if I had to say anything, they should have dialed back on was the, uh, the endless sea part. That was yeah. When you found out, it was from, really only like a mile and yeah, a half. It, it was like a hundred <laughs> yards. <laughs> when they when the clouds clear, it sets up Monkey King Four. <laughs> and I did I did look that up, and Monkey King Four is definitely in the works. So hopefully, well, it was one of the, it was like the most expensive movie ever made in China. So. I, I would assume some of the money came with a Buddha price tag. I don't know what to think when they say something is the most expensive, something, something. It's just like, it just seems that they, they just eventually start throwing more and more money behind things. Yeah. I, <clears throat> I don't always know if that's an indication because, I mean, it's it's a perfectly, I, I think we've talked about before, there's something about uh, special effects in these Chinese movies that seems really good but really obvious. There's an uncanny valley there's a, is what there's it a, is. There's a lot of uncanny valley there. So you can tell a lot of money, and it's definitely a lot of practical stuff they spend a ton of money on. But they also need to make Wukong likable again. He kind of isn't super likable. Well, I mean, the, in this in, in three well, anyway. The he's likable up to the up to the weird abortion water stuff. I don't know. I, I just and then he's not there for a long time. He's a minor character in the movie called Monkey King Three. Well, he's not. He's not there for a long time. Right. None of them are there for for a long time. It's just those two in a boat. That's true. And uh, if, Ooh, you've seen, uh, it, if you've seen Life of Pi or Castaway, you've kind of seen. There's the, the there's the that. part where I thought it was going to turn into cannibalism. <clears throat> yeah, that was weird too. He's like, if you 
if you but or eat my my flesh, it will keep you alive or something. No, it's a, so she like you, takes a bite. He said, you, "If you eat my flesh, you'll live forever." Yeah, something like that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. That was, <laughs> there, there were a lot of turns in that. Like, a, and she whole, thought about it. Yeah, she was she was biting down. Yeah, pressure was pressure was applied. There were a lot of moments in that where I thought it was going to go one way and it didn't. Yeah. Um, I kind of wanted them both to die. Is that bad? No. <laughs> you know, it, that, this movie would be a lot better without the monk. Monkey King 2, as much as I love it, Gabe and I had agreed, like, the the monk is a bummer. Yeah, for sure. He needs to go. <laughs> See I think uh, the characters in it know that. But, like, uh, he's dragging this story he is down. a bummer. Ugh. And then when he doesn't have his hat on, you're like, oh, he's bald. Because it seems like he has hair when he's oh, got the hat on. It's way bigger than it ought to be. Yeah. Well, it's just, well, yeah, it's probably like a yeah. really weird skull cap, but yeah. it's just weird. It's like, oh, and that's you, that's intrusive you, baldness right you there. You hit the end where they, it, it seems to be a cultural thing that they hit the they hit the end of it and you have this really touching story of this woman who fell in love with a river god and... They get reconnected at the end. They think, oh, we're going to have this. That lady <clears throat> was Vulcan, by the way. We're going to, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she was very Christian. She seemed very Vulcan. They, You feel like they're going to have this touching ending where love conquers all. And in both cases, it's like, no, religion's better. And then like, no, I have to protect this woman who is in her well into her 20s. The river god was weird. It was like Jack Frost in the uh, Guardians. Remember yeah. the Guardians movie with Santa Claus in it? Yeah. Jack Frost was no, like not. blue hair. Yeah. It was like naked Jack Frost. Yeah. It was creepy. It was weird. I don't support it. I thought you were going to say like... Put some river Martin pants Short on. Jack Frost. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, hey, it's a fun watch. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. Speaking of uh, religious stuff and darkness, what about the... I started watching The Good Place. Yeah, I've, I'm a few episodes into that myself. I like it a lot. It's a fun show. We, we, my wife and I, we're like burning through them. We're like is it, is halfway it weird, through season two. Is it weird if I say that for me the weak part is Kirsten Bell's character? Hmm. I mean, she's the she's, most normal of all of them, really. She, and given I'm five episodes in, so I'm sure there's an arc. But right now... I think I like pretty much everyone in it, and I don't. I, I like Kristen Bell. It's she's too cartoonishly a dick. Uh, yeah, she kind of. I think in the in the last five years or so, I've hit my have hit my maximum point of the protagonist of this is a colossal prick, and we're supposed <laughs> to we're just supposed to kind of in we, we love this character because they get to do whatever they want. Yeah, she definitely uh, changes. I think you'll uh, you'll find out she changes. She changes. I and I you root I for her off a lot more. The, the sinkhole episode, and I think it is. Uh. But also, they they introduced another character who's a, a jerk. Although, so the the thing coming out of that that I keep he becomes is, uh, what's his name, John Yu, but John Yu. Yeah, I mean, I got to where his real name is old. Jason in the yeah. in the show, and he becomes I. He's like the Barry Goldberg almost. Do you watch the Goldbergs? I haven't ever watched Goldbergs. Okay, he's he's just literally the dumbest person that's ever been on TV, yeah. and it's hilarious. It really is. It's it's well written. He's just so stupid. It's uh, it's getting by like that. That show is like foisted upon the shoulders of Danson. Danson does a great job. The whole cast, so, I think, does a great job. Pretty much the whole cast, I really do enjoy. And I like again, like I said, I like Kristen Bell. It's just that. I'm a little over full right now of 
shows where you're supposed to be rooting for someone who is just irredeemably, a, cartoonishly a jerk. That's why I stopped watching Last Man on Earth. I haven't watched that. It's, I, uh, I liked the first, I liked it for a while, and then it got to like, you think he's gonna start to redeem himself, and he just gets worse and worse, and it's like Ar- I'm Archer out of- was a big breaking point for me. Where Archer is a really funny show, but I just I just don't like that character. Mm. Yeah, I can see that the anti-hero type. Well, the world has enough superheroes. I don't know if I've heard Travis. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see where they're at now. <laughs> we could use a few. Have you, have you seen any of the more recent Venom trailers? No, I haven't seen any of them. Venom's going to be bad. <laughs> I saw the Mary Poppins Returns trailer. Oh, how's that look? Really good. Yeah? Yeah. Boy, that's it. Lo- I've always loved Mary Poppins. <clears throat> well, that's what I'm saying is those are big shoes to fill. Yeah, I, I think she's going to be fine. And it's, I thought... Uh, Emily I think, Blunt, is that right? Yeah, Emily Blunt is Mary Poppins and Emily Mortimer and is uh, Wendy Banks and... What's his name? Q from the... The new Q from the Bond movies. He was also the voice of Paddington. Oh, I can't boy. remember his you know, name. Now. I don't. I don't think I know that guy. I can't it's remember a, his name guy, now. Right? Yeah, yeah, he's. I, I mean, I he's like thirty-ish probably, but he's Michael Banks, and they they both look like perfect castings. Wait, wait, wait. Actually. So it's Mary Poppins Returns, right? So this, yeah, is she. It's the Banks children. They're adults so it's now. Kind of the same, it's kind of the same thing as Winnie the Pooh. I never saw or Christopher the, Robin. My son Christopher. saw it and said it was amazing, but I never actually yeah. saw it. But yeah, she she comes back. They're adults. They have kids of their own. And I get the impression that Michael's wife has passed away. I don't know what the deal is with Jane. Not Wendy. I kept calling her Wendy. Wendy's Peter Pan. Jane. I, I, I couldn't tell what, what the, makes sense that the story is with, with Jane's children. Or if she has. Maybe they're all Michael's. I don't it's know. Like, is Dick Van Dyke in it? Yeah. He's got at like least a cameo. Regular Dick Van Dyke? Yeah. He's playing like the old man. Remember yeah. how he was old, the old man in there? Yeah. yeah, he's playing the old man, at least in the trailer that I saw. That's enticing. I, I don't know Dick. what... I really like Dick Van Dyke. I don't think he's playing Bert. The chimney sweep character is uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Oh, really? Yeah. This is all... This is making my head so spin. I'm assuming so he like, probably did some of the music for it, if like not a, all of it. So it's like an update, but they also have an analog to the Dick Van Dyke character? I guess. I don't know. I don't know how the Dick Van Dyke thing's going to work. I don't follow this. I'm, I know I'm, Angela Lansbury's in it, but I don't know if I'm pretty, Julie Andrews is in it and it's just a surprise or I'm, something. I'm pretty I'm pretty uh, skeptical of like Disney basically just remaking everything in their library. So. Yeah, but a lot of it is good. Yeah. A lot of it is really good. But it's still, it's just such a, it's... It's just such a cash grabby. That's the that's the hard thing is they seem to be doing a good job. I I love I love Star Wars, but it's hard not to be a little skeptical when they're just throwing right. everything at the wall. Well, right? Solo came out yesterday on I, Blu-ray. I still want to. I, I I haven't gotten to it yet. I'm gonna watch it again tomorrow. I don't I don't. End I haven't up seen it since the theaters. For a lot of stuff, so I'm I'm hoping it'll hit the red box soon for me. Oh yeah, it should. If it's out to buy, it should be in Redbox. I, I think I've gone to the Redbox three or four times looking for it, and each time I'm like, nope, it's uh, not, not yet. Disney is kind of just kind of grabbing money on things, it, though. It really, it, it's a it's a bummer because it's not bad. Like, you know, the, all the all the Pixar stuff they sequelized. The sequels aren't bad, but they still kind of don't really. Well, they're doing Toy Story four, I believe. Toy Story, so Toy Story is the one that I feel like kind of has earned its sequels. Toy Story 2 is the best of all of them. It's probably the best Pixar movie, period. You think so? That's that's hard. I I, I like a lot of them all for different reasons. But uh, 
the Toy Story franchise, each of its each of its sequels have had a a very you know um, there's been a strong point of each mm-hmm. one of them has had a very big theme to go off of, and the, the the subsequent Pixar sequels, I didn't see I didn't see Finding Dory, so I don't know about that. I saw three quarters of it. I I, I like Monsters University. I really enjoyed, but even in even it, it had a I, different tone to it. But it was that, it was it fun. Just, it didn't feel like it had a. It just didn't have the same heart. And a lot of the Pixar movies aren't as rewatchable <laughs> as Wait. other Disney movies because there's always like this very big, important, dramatic scene in the movie. Well, the, and once you've already seen scene. it, it's not as powerful. <laughs> I'm a sucker for that like, stuff. Like like so. I haven't seen Up since I saw it in theaters. I watched Up. Re- so there, there are a few of them. There's like Up, uh, Wally, maybe a couple others. There are a few of them that are more ser- like Wally and Up particularly are a little more. I don't know, serious is the right word, but they're like Wally is. Wally's almost a Pixar art house movie. Yeah. And Up, the theme of you know the theme behind it is really heart wrenching. Yeah, I just remember Up bawling in the movie theater. And it's like this is the beginning of the movie. The and first time I saw Up was as big. I watched, went back and watched it recently. I was like, oh, this is much more heart wrenching. Uh, I was at Walmart and they were playing, and I was like, ah, I'm out of here, dude. I can't do it. It was that scene. <laughs> it was the scene where they they meet each other, and she gives them the the little grape bottle cap thing. Yeah. I was like, ah, I'm out of here. I can't do this. I'm I'm that. Not in Walmart. I'm that. The end of the Iron Giant is the one that I okay. I can't I can't conquer. And I never cry. As an adult, I've cried outside of a Pixar movie maybe three times. I'm coming to find out I'm apparently a very weepy adult. <laughs> Pixar gets me, though. But it's fun. No, but, uh, you know, yeah, just like I said, like Disney's Disney's whole schedule is... I guess the Star Wars stuff doesn't get me as much because they're, you know, they're, they're telling stories within that. Right. Their whole... The whole concept of we make... Disney's uh, schedule is we make live action versions of all our cartoons. That's all we're doing. We make live action versions of our cartoons. Yeah, I mean they got Dumbo coming up. What else have they got? Uh, there's a Lion King one coming. That one actually, I think, is going to be really good. Just judging by what they did with Jungle Book, because I loved the new Jungle Book. Yeah, I like the new Jungle Book. It's just like I said, it's just a, it. <laughs> it's the feeling of like eventually the other shoe has to drop. Eventually, you know, eventually the Marvel movies they're going to taper off. Eventually the Star Wars movies are going right. to dry up, and it's. I'm I'm just I'm gonna be sad for those moments. So not as much like I love all those old Disney animated movies, and I'm mm-hmm. not. It's not that I. Um, Aren't they doing a new Aladdin too? I think so. Yeah. Is, look, Will they, Smith is look, the genie. The, I think. The, just the assumption they're just gonna do all of them. We're eventually gonna get Welcome live to action Agrabah. Emperor's New Groove. We're gonna get. Uh, I live never really liked that El one. Dorado. I never got into Emperor's New Groove. I like Emperor's New Groove. I was an adult when it came out, so yeah. I think it. Plus David Spade just. I don't know. I never liked the whole sarcastic David Spade character. You mean David Spade? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I liked him in in uh, Norm Macdonald's Netflix show. That was like the first time I've ever liked David Spade. I think even in like uh, Tommy Boy and Black Sheep. I do. Really. I always I gotta... thought Chris Farley. Why don't you just it's like the character? Least... I was. I just wanted his character to ditch David Spade's it's character. It's probably, because like, <laughs> that's true. It's probably at least 30% my brother, but I have a very soft spot for Tommy Boy. and. Uh, oh, yeah. The Chris Farley movies are fun. He was a really funny guy. I just wouldn't want to have a friend guy. that treated people the way David Spade's characters <clears throat> treat people in the movies. No. We're speaking roles only. <laughs> <laughs> Not personally. I've said five words to him. 
in real life. <laughs> Maybe more than that, actually. I'm trying to think of five words <laughs> you could have said to him. Well, the first time I met him, I said... Stop being mean to Chris. No. <laughs> first time I met him, I said, hey, can I get a picture with you? And he goes... He was about to turn around and say no, and then he looked, and he was about at my chest, and he continued to look up to my head, and he goes, sure. <laughs> so I just took a selfie, and he's, like, turned and walking away <laughs> in the <laughs> selfie, so you kind of get the side of his face as he's walking away already. And the second time, he was a little more nice. He was having some back problems, and... I was trying to get him a, a decent chair to to sit in, and he was a little more appreciative about that. But he's he's a famous guy. The ins and outs of all that stuff's the weird ins and outs of being nice. David Spade is super nice to beautiful blonde ladies. What? And who can blame him? If you're surrounded by beautiful blonde ladies that want to be around you, you probably don't care about a big chubby dude with a beard. <laughs> And that's fine. Why would you? Look, man, chubby bearded lives matter, Travis. That's all I'm saying. Eh, sort of. It depends. Depends on who you ask. I'm a oh. dime a dozen. <laughs> oh, come on. You're a one in a million. One in a million, girl. So, hey, w- while we were at the movie the other night, uh, they had a new trailer for Bumblebee. I've seen. You I seen saw that? the first trailer for Bumblebee. Where are you? Where are you at on new? Or where are you at on the Bumblebee movie? Here's the thing about it. It takes place in the 80s. This is a true statement. So it's a prequel. It's probably... I don't know. I'm going to give it a shot. He seems a lot smaller. He probably is smaller. I mean, he can take whatever shape he wants to be, really. There's no need for him to be huge. He's trying to be inconspicuous still at this point. I don't... This will this, this surprise That's you. That's not we're really, here. We're Transformers yet. I don't really like the Bayformer movies very much. I don't just because... I have, Honestly, I have a hard time telling them apart. It's just moving shiny things they're, they're not great designs and especially the first movie the characterization is so awful the only one i can keep apart is bumblebee and optimus prime and whatever the hell john goodman was voicing i'm a transformer he was, he was, hound. <laughs> he was hound yeah because he had a beard so i could tell that's john goodman he wasn't <laughs> in very much of that movie yeah he was in it enough god that movie's so weird but um, but so I'm, I'll give it a shot. So I I calmed down a lot. I think when I, I heard John Cena's in it, but I couldn't yeah, see John him Cena's in the trailer. Seeing that John Cena was in it. So things 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 that brought me down. Seeing that John Cena was in it was like, oh, okay, well that's fun. Haley Steinfeld in it. Like I was like, where do I know her? Where do I know? Her? I looked. I'm like, oh, the Drew girl Britt. from Drew Grit. All right, okay, I like her. And then, she's more of like a singer now at this point. Is she? Yeah, she's a pretty uh, successful. Makes sense. I she's guess. in like the Demi Lovato, Selena Gomez category. I think I hear her stuff on the radio all the time. I'm my I kids just, listen to that that's stuff. Not my scene. Me neither, but she's not bad. I don't like that kind I, of music, that, that but her stuff isn't bad. bad. It's just not my scene. Yeah. But um, seeing the the dude what directed uh, Kubo and the Two Strings is directing it. So oh wow that. That that brought me around seeing like they they're definitely it feels like the Bumblebee movie is the sorry here's what you actually wanted them to look like movie so they I saw some stuff of like you know Soundwave and Prime and you know like Soundwave has the I think it was the the Jaguar tape coming out of them that I, oh, I can't nice. quite remember the name so nice you know and Gabe likes that stuff so he wants to see it 
I think the only thing that I just still will not be down with is just the non-speaking, only speaking in radio tones, Bumblebee. I think that just, I just find that obnoxious. But Yeah, that's a little annoying, but it is what it is. So. It at least may, it separates him from the other ones, I guess. Yeah. Gives least, him something original. Yeah, I guess. It just, I, I, I guess he could talk like Johnny, num- Johnny number five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd rather have the radio stuff than... Number five is alive. I, I haven't seen Short Circuit since easily. It, it, I would say, <laughs> ge- being generous, somewhere in the nineties, maybe I accidentally watched it. I haven't watched it. I haven't seen it since the eighties. Yeah. Since I was a little kid, so I, I'm guessing if I went back and watched it now, it's probably not very it's, good. It's been so long that the only thing that I think about when I think about Short Circuit now is irresponsible brown face. Gutenberg was in the first one, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was Fisher Stevens. Fisher Stevens. And he yeah. kind of was the star of the second one, playing mm-hmm. playing an Indian character. Yes. He was married to uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Did you know was that? He? Yes. Michelle Pfeiffer. Was he really? He was, indeed. They were at least dating very seriously. I think they were married, though. Did you like do, in like, the early surgery 80s? surgery and then This is before him? Batman Returns and all that stuff. This is probably like maybe she, even maybe pre Lady Hawk, huh. but yeah, they were they were married at, at some point. There must be something about Fisher Stevens because he has a very had a very long and relatively successful career in Hollywood. For some reason, I I went I had to go back and watch the Mission Impossible movies for the panel I was on. Yeah, and I I remembered it as Fisher Stevens that dies at the very beginning, but it was actually Emilio <laughs> Estevez. For some reason, I kept thinking it was Fisher Stevens. What a weird, what a weird thing. Uh, I don't know. To mess with. I, <laughs> I'll always remember that part just because I was like, wow, Emilio Estevez is in a movie. It's like, <laughs> Coach Bombay, no. <laughs> Billy the Kid, no. <laughs> the Flying V. Minute, minute work, no. That thing goes through his head. Yeah, that was a... Also, that was... Would you say that? That's that a surprisingly, surprisingly grisly death for those movies? Oh, yeah. That's the he first... Just got spikes in his face. Yeah. He didn't even try and dodge those things. There were some pretty grisly deaths in that one. That one was there, very realistic. Uh, there was that and... There's the, a lot of stabbings. That movie... Was it that movie that had the one where the like thing blew up in the woman's brain and her eye got all wiggy? No, that was three. Was that three? That's Carrie Russell. Yeah, that one haunts me. I, I rewatched that one recently too. Those are two memorable deaths in those movies. I was like, "All right, Carrie Russell's in this movie. Cool." And then, just, yeah, that was. But yeah, there's some pretty graphic stabbings, and not like the Joey Diaz stabbings. <laughs> not that kind of stabbings, yeah. but like literal stabbings. But they're like, don't don't make that motion at me. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> no, I stomach stabs. Gross. That's a good movie, man. The first one. The first Mission Impossible. Yeah. I, in my head, that, that's one of my top three, probably. I don't dislike that movie. In my head, it, it, it's just the the tone of the movies was different at that point. In my head, yeah, that one's that one is the most standalone of all of them. Like it's very that well, it's two very of also. That, it's very of that time. Mm, I think two is of that time. Two is two of does that not time age well. Way. Two is of that time in a different way. One, I think two you was can... of its Matrix time, and like one was of its Independence Day time. Yeah. I you know, again I haven't watched a I haven't watched a movie for years so if I say one was maybe a little more cartoonish than the rest of the series no that... two no two no two is one's not cartoonish at all one no. is one's two like is... a legit like one early is... it could be an early James Bond movie like 
Okay. Well, yeah, and I, but I, I think early James like Bond Like Dr. No. Yeah, I think of. the early James Bond, or it's campy, maybe that's a better word. I think, no, it's not campy. I think it's the early seriously, James Bond movies It's a campy. serious spy movie. No. James Bond. James Roger, Bond Moore, Roger Moore gets campy. Even Diamonds Are Forever gets campy. No, he sneaks up on guys with a duck on his head. I mean, Sean he was Connery comes out of the water with a duck. Okay, that's Goldeneye, and that's the one part of that that's movie that's like that. That's yeah, that's, that's gold. Uh, or uh, sorry, Goldfinger. 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 Man, talk. Pat on the back. Goldfinger. <laughs> it's like listening to the Beatles without earmuffs. Yeah, yeah. Way to be on the right side of history on that one. <laughs> no, I just. He was the, a spy. He was also wearing a tuxedo under his. Uh, yes, he was also wearing a tuxedo suit. under it. FYI. <laughs> so it's, that, that's that's not denigrating. It's just they they were a little cornier. There was some there was some cohesion, some something that happened in three that the series became. So, and then two is two is uh, is anime. <laughs> three is where uh, it got the J.J. Abrams touch. Yeah, that's that's the guy you want uh, coming in and rebooting your stuff if you're. Seems to be the case. I'm yeah. just saying DC. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> since you seem to be rebooting everything now already we had dc bring news in jj abrams we had dc news today we not zach snyder not zach snyder by zach snyder so the uh the birds of prey movie had some casting news preach to me uh we we're gonna have mary elizabeth winstead as huntress who as far as i not as big on dc huntress seems like girl hawkeye mm, kind of yeah and then That's a good as, comparison. As Black Canary, we have Journey Smollett Bell, which, as you may imagine, has caused toxicity. Because? Because they're casting a black woman as a traditionally white character. It doesn't matter. Do you know how many uh, black canaries there are in the Arrow show? Are there? First it was Sarah Lance, then it was Laurel Lance. Now... It's a lady. Uh, I can't remember her name now. I got a little behind, but she's a she was a cop, and now she's currently Black Canary, and she's, I believe she's a Latina. Yeah, I think. But there's at least three. Plus, plus no, there was four because they had, they had a younger girl that was also filling in after Laurel, and she ended up being a a, a bad person. But the, so there's been four in there. Who cares? I mean, I, it's a minor character anyway. Well, I mean, it's going to be a major character in the movie. Okay, but it's not like it has this huge history that everybody is entrenched with. I can get inside the head of someone who, if it was a character that I really liked, just for purely for aesthetics, because I, I mean, I had time in the '90s when the X-Men movies came out. And Wolverine comes out, and you look at Wolverine and go like, well, Hugh Jackman really looks like Wolverine. What's his costume look like? And it's just a black leather suit, and it's kind of like, uh, you know, I really wanted <laughs> Now, that to, was Matrixy. I really wanted to see... I I really would have liked to seen that Wolverine costume on the big screen, which it might not... It may never be realistic for that goofy comic book costume. Yeah, it might just look real. stupid. But you but, never know. But there's a part of me, like, it's not... I never... The Deadpool costume works. The Deadpool... The, but they, of course, they changed the the hat a little bit. Not the hat, but the mask. The mask. You had, they, like, a loose so we condom got to a, head. We, we got to comments. a point. Um, Deadpool and Spider-Man broke the mold of, we're willing to let the characters have flexible eyes. Mm-hmm. That's a weird big deal. In, in the case of Spider-Man... And I don't think it bothers people. Well, in the case of Spider-Man, they made it science of, like, he's got 
shutters that do that. Right. But once Deadpool, you once you Deadpool, introduce they just it, don't care. Yeah, but once you introduce it with with science for Spider-Man, yeah. from now on, people are used to seeing a, it, so it doesn't need you know, the huge explanation. For me being, for me being a, a growing up all the way up fan of Spider-Man, the idea of, you know, it's an expressive character, whether mm-hmm. you think that that mask can do that or not. It's an expressive character. Right. So to me, I never I never was like, well, how do the eyes do that? I just didn't care. That's How do they fly? So when they say like, when you say like now they make the Deadpool, oh, they... Deadpool is like because they make the they make the costume work the same way it does on the page where right. it can ex- be expressive. Back in the nineties, it's really magic. The, if they had really made the Wolverine costume, so part of the feature of that is the white the whited out eyes. Mm-hmm. Like masks like that, when you can just see the eyes, like uh, Batman, for instance. Mm-hmm. Batman's always Batman's always comedic because. Like you've got, uh, I guess it was at the end of Batman Returns where he rips off the rubber part of his mask. Right. And you've got it, when he's in the mask, he's got like big shoe polish around his eyes. Mm -hmm. It's got like the the open part of it and then shoe polish around the eyes. And then he tears it off and the shoe polish isn't there anymore. It'd be funny if somebody's like, oh, thank goodness it's just around your eyes. (laughs) I thought we were going to have to have an intervention about what's appropriate and what's not. (laughs) Is that Ted Danson in (laughs) there? No, so they, you know, they obviously they weren't gonna. So I like where we get now, where those characters can, they can make them look really good and make them look like they come off the page. So I, I guess the the point I was getting to is there's a there's a part of me that can slightly sympathize with someone like if your favorite character is Black Canary, and they announce this actress, there's a part of you goes like, I always wanted her, I always wanted her to see her as I picture, her. and you just let it go at that. Right. You know, oh, I I hoped I could see her as I had always pictured her in my mind or on the page. But then you move on to going like, hey, man, if she does a good job, I guess it just, uh, you know, if, if she does a good job, it doesn't matter to me. And if you're, you know, someone out there who it matters to that they can have a hero to look to and say heroes can look just like me. I, I'm way more happy that that person get what's they, what gets what they want than me getting, quote unquote, what I want. I think castings in the it's, DC stuff is even less important than anything else because there's so many different versions it's, of everything. It's Look at I, Aquaman when we were kids on Super Friends. It was a blonde see, that's, guy that's one with of, green pants that's and one a, of the ones uh, where orange shirt. I have an affection for how stupid classical Aquaman is. So when I heard it was Cal, Cal Aquaman, I was like, oh, well, you just basically, you basically took a, a character that did well and shoehorned it into yours. You know what? It's the right thing. Right. It's the right thing and it's quote unquote cool and stuff. And and Jason Momoa is cool. Jason Momoa, Jason Momoa is very cool. Who doesn't want to be Jason Momoa? Yeah, I know, right? And so there's a part of me that was like, man, I really wanted to do something dumb with that. <laughs> just for because I, I have an affection for that dumbness. But Jason Momoa is doing a good job for what they want done. I wouldn't say I, 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 I'm psyched for the Aquaman movie, but it's better than probably they could have done. But there's just so many, like... There's TV shows that have the same characters that are in the movies. It doesn't matter. Just get somebody that people are going to like. Yeah. Get like personality-wise is what I mean. Get who's going to do a good job. Right. Samuel L. Jackson made Nick Fury work very well. Although, to be fair, Marvel had already done that version. But still, you know, it was non-traditional. I think something that nerds, and I say that... You know what I what I'm what I mean, nerds, like pe- bad, angry bad people nerds. on the internet. No, that, there was a time where they were making decisions. They being Hollywood, 
that we want to make sure the nerds or the super fans are going to be happy with this. But there's no pleasing those people right now. So I think studios are going to get to a point where it's like, I don't care. I want to, I want to please, uh, Joe Schmo over here who has never heard of black canary and we'll just watch the movie and enjoy this person as Black Canary. I, I wish I g- could do that sometimes. It I goes really back do. to just like uh, when we were talking about, uh, what was it called? The the Dark Castle or whatever it is. Dark Tower. Dark Tower. Yeah. We were talking about Dark Tower. I had never read the book. So for me, uh, Idris Elba was Roland. I knew nothing about the character. And I probably enjoyed it more. I know I enjoyed it more than anybody that was angry that that was not their Roland. It, Idris Elba completely embodies that character. I don't. I enjoyed I don't think him. They made a very good I movie. should say, I enjoyed the Roland character and wanted to know more about him. Yeah, I didn't really care much about they the rest make, of the movie. They didn't make a good movie, right? But I think that that was some really good casting. But I enjoyed watching him mm-hmm. on the screen. Yeah, and that's that's who it's going to start going. To. It's going to be. We're going to make a Star Wars movie for people who know nothing about Star Wars or Star... That was yeah. the genius thing about when J.J. rebooted Star Trek. It's like, we're starting over. If you've never seen the series, you're fine. That's what... I mean, there was a version of it, Like, the expanded universe stuff was kind of like... Here are books that really have little or nothing to do with the original characters. I think when they originally came out and said, this isn't canon anymore, this isn't canon anymore. If you find... If you kind of look at it... A lot of those things are coming back into being canon now. Well, like they just uh, uh, something Rindar. What's his name? Dash Rindar. Dash Rindar is canon again now. Dash Rindar. Yeah, my son he, just told me that. Isn't that Dash Rindar the one from? He was from uh, Shadows, Shadows of the, of the Empire. Empire. Yeah. yeah, he's canon again. I mean, but he's just Prince Shizor is not yet canon. He's just basically Han Solo. Yeah, basically. Yeah. But uh, Prince Shizor is not canon. His race is canon. His crime organization yeah, put, is canon. They put Grand Admiral Thrawn in it, too. Right. Eventually, Prince Shizor will be introduced in a movie or a TV show or a new book. All that stuff, they needed to get away from, like, Chewbacca's dead. Things like that. <laughs> People no, they, want Chewbacca. No, I think it was the per- the perfectly right decision was wipe the slate on that right and then pick out what's good about exactly it. and that's what they're doing there is so much really bad really terrible right. stuff in there right uh pick out the stuff that's good and then you know put a spin on it it also has brought in it's made it possible for like uh the rebel series i've never seen it because i got rid of cable right when that was starting yeah and i mean eventually i'll get like the disney streaming service and watch it on there that's just my plan but man i see people at uh fan x walking around and i know that i know kind of who the characters are yeah and they love those characters yeah there's people that love that show and most of them didn't exist i wish i could see everything at once (laughs) so much stuff that i haven't seen but yeah but everybody needs to just chill out with castings and things like i saw a great tweet today it's make-believe it's supposed to make you happy if if it doesn't make you happy take a step back I saw a great tweet today that was to the effect of um, if Misery were remade today, it would be about a creator of a beloved franchise <laughs> being kidnapped by a nerd and tortured and forced to rewrite their movie with all the white male characters <laughs> that they loved. Which That's is a good like one. Super spot on. It's a good tweet. No, it was Who good. was it? I wish I remember. It, it was someone that I wasn't familiar with. I have been... Uh, 
I have been recently breaking back in on Twitter, trying to be a Twitter person. You may have you yeah. may have been followed by you someone followed named me on Jake Twitter Dahl recently. You followed me on Twitter. I had a word. I guess I'll share this. It's silly. I noticed you hadn't tweeted since like 2015. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I've I've always I've never really been big on Twitter. I I don't either. I retweet if a club like Wise Guys includes me in a tweet or another comic, I'll retweet it. And every once in a while, I'll tweet a joke that I don't want my mom to read from that's, Facebook. And that's kind of what I got to a point with Facebook where when I would when I would uh, do updates because Facebook Facebook has changed a lot yeah. over the years. I don't really like it that much right now. I, I I've been a little low on Facebook for a while, but um, you know I I would tweet out stuff or i would do updates on my facebook that that was just a silly joke and uh-huh. it just it wouldn't go over and some people that i'd run into would be like i don't get what jake's posting like, oh <laughs> it's I a mean, joke that's, that's fine well i mean it's fine like it's if you don't get it it's just not for you i've so, got this weird instagram thing going right now where i don't know what started it but like uh either like a an actress or somebody or a, a female singer will start following me all of a sudden and usually I might follow back or something like just is there a like verification if they process say, on there or? sometimes. Yeah. So these are verified people that are following you sometimes. Or? Yeah. Huh. And I'm like, okay, well they seem yeah, interesting and names? I'll follow back a name at me here? and then off the top of my head. No, Jimmy Brogan just followed me. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Uh, he, he was one of the head writers at the tonight show for, oh, well. for years. He's be best down. friends I'll with be Jerry down. Seinfeld and Jay Leno. So is this something I, I'm no, I met him in San Diego oh, last okay. year. Super, like, probably I might say the nicest person in stand up comedy. Huh. Nice. I can't think of anybody that's nicer. I can think of a lot of really nice people. He's cream of the crop nice. That's really cool. Yeah. It's, it, it is, it makes my heart sing the very small amount of times when you meet someone and they are cool. I was, I, I just thought it was cool to meet him and talk with him because, you know, I, I met him over yeah. a series of a couple of days. Yeah. And because we were at this uh, thing in San Diego and he actually complimented my stand up and told me, oh, you found your voice. Just keep doing what you're doing. Wow, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's felt nice. It, yeah, it did. So I, tell- I still think about that on hard days. The, hey, have that in your pocket. <laughs> sure. I had an odd experience. So coming back to Twitter. OK, I, I barely t- I barely tweet ever. Mm-hmm. And a little bird. A little bird who was a best friend of mine told me, who's been listening to this show. Yeah. It was nice. To Thank you, listener. Like, really, you need to probably have more of a Twitter presence. That's a really good way of <laughs> gauging how you're doing. So I got on and I'm like, oh. I think Twitter is a cesspool and a dumpster fire all at the same time. <laughs> that's so that, just me. That's an interesting thing because I have, I have, I'm following 51 people currently. Okay. And I think, I guess I must have done a good job. Because I haven't, I haven't experienced toxicity much in the uh, in the last week or so that I've just been flipping through Twitter. It hasn't been as. I will tell you this story. I mostly at this point follow professional wrestlers and comedians. Yeah, I've got a lot, of, a lot of comedians, a lot of uh, podcasters, a lot of comic book creators. That that's the funny thing is I'm I'm following a lot of comic book creators from years ago when I was listening to a lot of comic book podcasts. Mm-hmm. And so the weird experience I had was because I've been twe- I've been tweeting. To nothing. I, I'm. <laughs> That's I what am, mine all get. I am tweeting to the to some gaseous planet out in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> which is fine. I remember uh, who was it that said it? Uh, 
Oh, I remember who it was that I, I'm not going to say who it is because they're controversial right now. But it was basically uh, using Twitter is like writing a message on Bill a bathroom Cosby stall. Told you that? It wasn't Bill Cosby. It was uh, <laughs> it was uh, what's his? I can't remember. Chris Hardwick. It was Chris Hardwick. Oh, okay. Uh, writing uh, tweeting is like writing a message on a bathroom stall and just expecting to get a message back or something. I feel like Chris Hardwick. Probably gets a lot. I mean, of this is probably when Twitter back. first came out, but oh, okay. Because well, so, even the so reactions one, you do get are usually reactions you don't want. For one, I don't really know how to use Twitter, so having no one following me is probably a good thing right now. Because I'm just throwing stuff out there. But yeah, uh, interesting experience I had that I I don't have on Facebook. Obviously, is uh, I follow a, a comic book writer named Gail Simone, and she is prolific, but she is so positive she is so just 100 percent positive all the time hmm. and one of the first uh, the first things i had done was she made a twitter thread that was uh the gif of captain marvel punching the old lady on the bus oh yeah and she made a hashtag why did that she, trailer's so cool why by did the way. captain marvel punch the old lady and just had people like and i responded something to the effect of i think i responded like uh uh, hi, Ms. Danvers. I've still got room at my, and then in like parentheses, <laughs> multi-level marketing scam party. Would you like to attend and bring a friend? And she liked it and retweeted it. And then just like, I- I'm just sitting at home and just like my phone keeps buzzing and buzzing. But like just from that positivity, wow. lots of people, I got a, like a couple of follows and, and it's, it's minor stuff. It doesn't mean anything, but it's just like, wow, I had a really positive Twitter experience. How huh? Haven't had that from Facebook. Kind of gives you a little bit of a rush. I used to get some uh, when they would do the hashtag thing on at midnight. Yeah. What was it called? Hashtag wars or I can't remember what it was called. I don't don't use Twitter, so I I, I still don't really know how to use it. But I used to make those jokes, and I'd get some followers and a lot of likes and stuff for that. But But it was... it was that unbridled that, you know, and most most of the people that I've been following just are relatively positive people. So I guess it's just don't... Don't lie down with them dirty, dirty, dirty Twitter dogs. <laughs> My buddy Dolph Ziggler followed me. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Well, fun, fun for you. Yeah. He's, didn't you say he was recently uh, awarded a championship belt of some sort? He or? wasn't awarded. He won. Oh, did... One, two, three in the middle of the ring, pal. He was still awarded it, wasn't he? No, he earned it. Awarded well, is Academy like. Academy Award, you're no, awarded it and you Triple win H it. was awarded the belt. Because it was vacated and they just gave it to him. Triple H. Dolph Ziggler doesn't need that. He wins it fair and square like a man. I like Triple H if you're listening, Triple H. I'm not trying to. Undertaker's going to take you down. Take you down in Australia. The wrestling in Australia. Australia now? What last time ever? Triple H versus The Undertaker. Speaking of Australia, we have a listener in Australia. Let us know who you are. Hey, any any of you, any of you, let us know. Yeah, who you are. yeah, please. Pizzo, pizzo, lemon Especially if you're on Australia, I want to know all about you. No. I maybe it's more than one listener. It might be one uh, one listener downloading every single episode. We follow those metrics. But whatever. I would certainly be curious to know just how how people run across us. Is, you know, we're spreading like wildfire, <laughs> like fires out by the freeway. Like herpes. I still like herpes. Who doesn't like herpes? People I've never had it, so I'd I mean, it's theoretical. Like I like to, I like to fly, or <laughs> I like to lift cars over my head. I like herpes. 
It all makes sense to me. Imagine I would really like to lift a car over my head. So we need to have a bit of a discussion here, Jake. Is that so? Yeah, there's something you don't know about. There's a lot of stuff I don't know about. So you don't know this, but uh, we got our first check, our our first podcast check from verified on Twitter. No, money check. What? Yep, a check of one million dollars from the podcast coalition. The podcast coalition. Yeah, I mean. The, the, the Country Classic Confederation kind of put our name in in the podcast coalition. It's like they're doing why a good job, you, these young you bucks. Tell, why wouldn't you tell me? We're, we're part of the young bucks? Yeah. Yeah, we're super kicks all over the place. Oh, man. <laughs> just super kick party. All right, look, I don't care about the check. I'm just excited to be part of the young bucks. <laughs> so I cashed the check. I was going to give you half of it. But while I was at FanX. Travis, i got to feed my kids. Don't worry. This is going to turn into even more money. I could have, I could have purchased several more bad t-shirts. We're going to be swimming in money like Scrooge McDuck because of what oh. I did. The investment that I made. There was this mysterious guy. I'm walking around. Can I, I'm walking around the floor at Fanex. Can I stop wearing People pants are sell- like Scrooge McDuck? Uh, not while I'm here, but w- when I'm gone, whatever you want to do. Whatever your family votes on. Majority rules. <laughs> <laughs> well, I get a vote, so technically... Democracy. If, if I can at least talk my wife into it, Gabe's got nothing to say about me Donald Ducking it around the house. Nudist colony. No, no, just so, me. He's okay. got to keep it He's got okay. to keep it clean. <laughs> so I'm walking around. I see this mysterious guy. He's kind of off in the shadows. He's an older guy. Kind of puts his finger out and like waves it like, Come here, come here. And he goes, I know who you are. Is he wearing a trench coat? He was wearing four trench coats. I mean, Fanex, one of them was upside Fanex, down. I thought Fanex cracked down on this kind of thing. No, he had he had one trench coat on his legs. It was kind of weird, but he seemed legit. All right. So he says, I've got this thing. I know you have a podcast. It's called a magic microphone. Is he, is he our, our Australian listener? Maybe. Maybe. Hmm. I don't know. If he did, he was hiding his uh, accent. His accent might. Accent uh, might. So he says he's got a magic microphone. Not a magic mic. That's a way different thing. And you don't want to put it up to your face. This is a magic Maybe you don't. microphone. <laughs> yeah, you're the one Donald ducking it around with no pants. <laughs> helicopter, helicopter, helicopter. <laughs> so he says this, this microphone will allow you to speak to anyone throughout history, in space and time, anywhere in the universe. All you have to do is plug it in and say some magic words. So here it is right here. It's plugged in. All we have to do is say the magic words and we can talk to anybody. Space and time. People out there, if you're listening, you it's not it's not that complicated. We can talk to anybody ever. So if you ever have questions, you want to ask somebody something, you can send us those questions. We will ask them. Travis, I'm dumbfounded. Do you want to try it out? I don't know. It's here. I've just turned it on. It's on. It's on right now. It's on. I need you to plug your ears. You can't. Only I can know the magic words. Okay. Consider my ears plugged. Okay. Your ears are plugged. Everybody out there, just we're we're, we're friends. Just plug your ears. Be honest. This is totally like honesty here. Okay. Strawberry shortcake, banana split. We think your team plays like shift to the left, shift to the right. Stand up, sit down, fight, fight, fight. All right, it's ready to go. The magic words have been spoken. The magic microphone is here. We can talk to anybody. 
Anybody. Oh, you got to unplug your, oh, your ears, Jake. What? what? Anyway. What's uh, going on? We're, we're ready to go. We can talk ready to, to anybody throughout space and time. I'd like to talk to F. Murray Abraham. F. Murray Abraham. Are you there, F. Murray Abraham? Why would you want to F. Murray Abraham? He seems he's like a per- perfectly nice guy. You're, wait, am I talking to F. Murray Abraham right now? Hello, this is F. Murray Abraham. F. Murray Abraham. I was always wondering. Well, first of all, how, how have you been? Very good. I, I'm. I, I'm still acting in the in in the other world where I am now. No but world I'm very prolific. Up, picking up cherry rolls there. Yes, I mean I'm starting to sound a little like Sir Ian McKellen without an English accent. It's okay. I'm not. I'm not judging you, F. Murray. May I call you F. Murray? Yes, you. You may. I, I prefer that to somebody saying F. Murray Abraham because it sounds derogatory, like you don't like me and you are sending me a negative connotation. No, no, no. Nothing but personal vibes. Nothing but uh, those Gail Simone vibes coming your way, F. Murray. Gail Simone. Have you ever played the? Have you ever played the game F. We Murray? We go way back. <laughs> What's, what up, Gail? <laughs> Shout out to the, all the Gail Simones in the Shout audience. out Gail Simone. Hey, uh, have you ever played the game F. Murray Kill? Yes, I invented it. Anybody ever hit you with that one? Yes. I'm sorry, I just had to feel that. I wanted to know uh, in that... I'm usually kill, that's why I'm dead. In Star Trek Nemesis... Did you know if somebody chooses kill 1,000 times, you die? Is that is that part of the game? Yeah, that's just the law of nature. Everybody knows that. How many do I have left? Well... I would stop talking about the game and introducing new people to it. I'm just going to say that. Okay. I, I, if I, I sound strange, it's because uh, uh, I need some lozenges. <laughs> if, if you're like, I've seen a lot of F. Murray Abraham's movies, and this sounds nothing like him. Has the superhero trend hit the afterlife yet? Oh, that's where it began. Wait, what, what movie? So We like, all have superpowers in the afterlife, I guess, Jake. I, guess there's, I hope this isn't a story. We just call it a movie. I know you get the roles. I, I know you get the roles you can. Have you featured in any... Afterlife superhero films. Yes, I'm I'm Heaven's Wolverine. <laughs> you heard it here first, people. F. Murray Abraham. Listen up, Heaven's bub. Wolverine. Is that an official Gene, title? Gene. Gene. Oh, it's like. Can you see it now? Yeah. There you go. Oh. F. Now F. you want to F. Murray, F. Murray Abraham. F. <laughs> F. Murray Jackman. No, that's, that's right. Great. No, the question I really wanted to ask. There's you my was, claws. Uh, they retracted. Star Trek, Star Trek Nemesis. How bad was that makeup? It was pretty bad. Also, it how was... did they how did they talk you into that role? I mean, you were in Amadeus, man. Well, I mean, the main thing they said. I am dead, right? I'm trying to remember now. Yes, I'm dead. Okay, I remember now. Uh, I've been dead for a year or two. Well, mostly it was because of the money. Um, Paramount paid me very well, and the makeup itself. It was a lot like being born again. I just they just kind of laid it out, and I kind of crawled through a tunnel. And when I was through the tunnel all the way, that's that's what the makeup looked like. It was it was very expression. birth canal process of putting the makeup on my face. Wow! And I, I always had like a pockmarked face anyway. I don't know why I needed any Wait, makeup. Was, that, was it Nemesis? It was the one. It wasn't Nemesis. It was the one before Nemesis that. Nemesis was the one with Tom Hardy in it, wasn't it? Yes. Murray Abraham? Nope. It was the one before that. The one that uh, number one directed. I can't remember those last two. The what? The guy with the beard. Yeah, he well, he I, would I always know, say, F. Murray. Commander Riker is. This is my Commander Riker impersonation. F. Murray Abraham, come stand over here and try to 
express yourself with that. It's like he's eight right, pounds of makeup on your face. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, me. We we had a hard time. Well, I don't know that that that's a you F Murray Abraham. I have exhausted my F Murray Abraham knowledge. As have I. So when will when will uh, Heaven's Wolverine be hitting theaters? Well, you'll have to come up here to see it, but it's playing at the drive-in tonight. So if anybody listening to this plays F. Murray Kill with Jake, F. Murray Abraham, and Hugh Jackman. So since you're gone, would it be cool if I could be this world's F. Murray Abraham? Why, sure. Why not? I appreciate that. You can be F. Jake Dahl. Everybody out there, hashtag F. Jake Dahl. F. Jake (laughs) Dahl. That's cool. F. Murray Abraham, it was a pleasure having you here today. It was a pleasure to be here. I'm afraid that I'm going to have to cast you back to the dark side. No! God, that guy talked a lot. Yeah, was I a, couldn't even get a word in. That was really a, a hell of an interview. I honestly blacked out. I think maybe this magic mic thing doesn't actually work because nothing happened. You, you mean the, the F was in you the whole time? It was. It channels through me. This is a side effect I did not anticipate. Boy, this really, uh, this really, uh, you know, for, for a million dollars, he really should have given me more instructions. <laughs> he pro- for a million dollars, he probably should have given me more time to think of someone to interview. Yeah, for a million dollars, he should have let me at least study how F. Murray Abraham talks. <laughs> Wait, you weren't here for that, so you don't know who was talking through you. Oh, you said it. Oh. You said F. Murray Abraham just it, now. Yeah, yeah, you said it. You gave it away. <laughs> if it wasn't for those darned kids. We're going to have some fun with Magic Mike. Boy, I'll bet we are. I'll bet we are. I can't wait till we hear from Sean Connery and John Goodman and all our friends here at Late <laughs> to the Party. Know, man. I'm going to go bone up on some F. Murray Abraham knowledge. I might have to call upon him yet again. So people out there, contact us. We'll We'll do our best to... See if we can find these people throughout space and time. They don't have to be dead. They can be. They can even be imaginary. They can be a character from a movie or a TV show. They can be singers, by the way. I have to keep that in mind next time. I I heard the magic microphone's really good with singers. Your Tom Petty's, your Michael McDonald's, all that kind of stuff. I want to talk to uh, Nicolas Cage, but uh, only you can only be Nicolas Cage from Mandy. I have never seen that. Oh, you're covered in blood. I have not seen it yet either, but I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Mandy. I've heard nothing but good things about it. Oh, Mandy. You, you came and you gave without taking. That wasn't a Barrett Manilow impression. And you seem like you're acting real hard. <laughs> I uh, I actually want to start a campaign to make uh, Mandy Patinkin again. Uh, that movie doesn't seem to be about Mandy Patinkin at all. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. My name is Indigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Man's had a long career. He has. Long and storied career, and he's probably going to mostly be known just for that. I mean, if you're known for anything, if you can be remembered, why question it? Sure. I guess it's just a matter of when it happens. You know, we talked about, like, uh, Alec Guinness being grouchy about being Obi-Wan, but he got to go his whole life before. Like, he spent the back end of people hassling about that, like, Mandy Patinkin has done a lot of stuff, and he got known for one of those first things he did. Well, maybe one time we can talk to Alec Guinness, and we can let him know that nobody remembers you as Obi-Wan unless they're 35 or older. To everybody else, Obi-Wan Kenobi is Ewan McGregor, 
or uh, a cartoon character. <laughs> or or that old guy with the white beard that played Obi-Wan. <laughs> yeah. It's iconic, man. So Alec yeah, Guinness man, can be happy. He can roll over in his grave. That's a hard thing. I don't really... I guess I just don't think about that stuff very often of the idea of someone who is like 15 right now and is at least familiar with Star Wars that probably the Alec Guinness Obi-Wan is going to be the end of the line of their knowledge of Obi-Wan but Kenobi. I like to think it's because of his attitude about it. Like you say... Uh, is this karma? Well, you say Lando. I think people know Billy D. Williams, but they also know Donald Glover playing him now too. Well, but a, I think I think the fact that he's wanted to be in these movies, he's been in the zeitgeist, he's always been cool about being Lando. Yeah. So I think people are like, oh, he loves it. I love it. So he's always going to be in the Lando thing to me. And they pass it on to their children, and to their children, and to their children. So do you, do you think we'll get down the line where Han Solo is known as this guy? I can't remember his name. Yeah. <laughs> I really should write it down. <laughs> I cannot remember his name. Solo's in Solo's in such a weird place historically. We'll have it, to we'll have to talk to grumpy old Harrison Ford it is, too. It's kind of. It, it is really kind of the redheaded stepchild of Star Wars movie, Star Wars movies. I like to think uh, Harrison Ford is like he was. He didn't want to be Lando anymore, and then they made this solo movie, and now well, it's he good cause now Harrison he Ford feels was never going to have to be Lando. Now he feels oh not Lando Solo <laughs> Han Solo sorry, uh, but now he feels jilted. You know, like when when somebody dumps somebody, and then and then they see that somebody with somebody else, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, how dare you? How you dare you move on with you your think life? Harrison Ford was kind of. Like in his house, and you know, saw that like Solo kind of underperformed, and like Solo seems to be the reason that Disney's coming out and saying like, "Well, we're rethinking our release schedule." Do you think somewhere he's like pumping a fist, like? <laughs> Probably, I don't. Maybe, he, maybe he doesn't even care. He might not even care. He might just be flying planes in Montana. He doesn't, he doesn't really want. He doesn't really want to be Han Solo. But I mean, still, I think I honestly think Solo is going to catch on now that it's out to stream or. Or to go rent at Redbox because Austin Powers was a bomb, Anchorman was a bomb. Was Austin Powers a bomb? Yeah. I thought the first one did really good. No. Huh. It made the least of all of them. Weird. It just made okay money. Weird. Anchorman really didn't do anything until later. I think people are gonna find it later and go, you know what? This is a lot better than, yeah, <laughs> than anybody probably, gave it credit for. I don't know. It, it's not perfect, but we'll it's a lot of fun. Goes. It's just because. I mean, we've hit a point where lots of people look favorably on the prequels, even though the prequels are are terrible. There's a generation of people who see them favorably now. Yeah, there's a generation of people that like it better than the originals, which to you and I is insane, but that's just the way it is. Except that, but I think I've at least I've matured enough that I'll let people like the prequels. I guess They're there's wrong, there's stuff in the prequels that I absolutely love, <laughs> but there's also stuff that I'm like, eh, whatever. I'm not angry about it. I never was angry about it. I was never angry about Jar Jar. I just like whatever. They're just bad. They're Darth just, Maul's in there. They're just bad movies. They're the Darth Maul positive is balanced by the Darth or the Darth Jar Jar <laughs> negative. It's oh, bringing that, balance. That fan theory, huh? He was George Lucas was just trying to bring balance to the Force. Some really great stuff and some that, really you know, horrible stuff. You know that follows suit of the whole like Darth Vader. You're supposed to bring balance to the Force, and I guess you did by killing everyone more or less yeah mm. and just leaving george lucas you brought balance to the force by making it making these equally not awesome well i mean we're finding out now with other stories that there's 
Jedi here, like uh, Ahsoka survived. She didn't die. That, But for the most part, it was basically Obi-Wan and Yoda on one side and Emperor Palpatine and Darth Vader on the other side. And then there's some... Apparently Darth Maul. Well, Darth Maul survived, yeah, too. So, I mean, there's outliers here and Although there. Although I guess didn't, didn't he end up getting killed off in... Uh... In Clone Wars somewhere, or in Rebels, but I thought I they, there there was a whole finishing scene Rebels. for Darth Maul. I think all I know is when you finally see Solo. Yeah, I know he's in. there. Oh, you know he's in there. Yeah. Okay, spoilers. That was the thing I couldn't escape. That <clears throat> I didn't know when I saw it, and, and I saw what? it like a hey, month and a half after look, it came out. I haven't I haven't seen the movie for this long. I don't I don't deserve to get those secrets. I I went past the statute of limitations on them, so. I'm Just do what I do. Be that. late to the party on everything. Yeah. It's hard. Some stuff, you know. Easy way to go through life. You get Some... surprised a lot. <laughs> well, we're at an hour and a half. Hokey smoky, artichokey. We should probably wrap this puppy up. All right. Well, uh, first of all, any you got any plug? You got anything cool coming up? Right now, no. Maybe I'll insert something. I might. I might just insert something on all of you, uh, if I have any gigs coming up. But right now, nothing. Well, we uh, we have an email address now. I set us up a little Gmail. Our Gmail Drop is it. later to the tater at gmail.com. So anybody out there, if you have any yen to contact us, we'd love that. You can find please me, do. You can find me at Jake underscore doll on Twitter and spread this around. Seriously, Apparently I'm a social butterfly now. If you yeah. are enjoying our show, please feel free to like and subscribe. If you could, uh, it's free. If you could take the time to write us a review. Give us some stars. That's how we become visible. We would love to get more. We'd love to get more fans. We would love to get some feedback and try to make this show as good as possible. We're we're branching out all over the world, you guys. We've been heard on three continents. We have a listener in Canada now too. Well, I mean, you've you've uh, spoken our you've spoken our name on many a microphone. Yeah, that's, that's true. Good, that's that's the true. Difference between us is you got some you got some reach. Well, you know, reach. Got some clout. We'll see about the reach. Stage time. So, but you know what? Hey, we're out there. We'd love to hear from you. You know how it really grows, though, Jake? You know how a podcast really grows? We're going to be growers and not showers? That's right. Word of mouth. Yeah, word of mouth. So please tell people about it. Hey, look, you know, it, it's a formality for us to say all this stuff. You know all of it, but uh, we'll say it anyways. We Just do it. Nike us. meme. <laughs> yeah, hey, you know what? If you got to podcast something, even, you know, just podcast it, even if it means... Getting rid of everything? I don't know. I forgot what that slogan was for Nike now. Uh, I think it's just do it. Yeah. Well, okay. So, <laughs> for Late to the Party with Travis Tate, I am Jake Just Do It Doll. And I'm Travis Tate. And Better Tate Than Never. <laughs>